This is CliffCentral.com. Uh, it's Brett Levy, and welcome to the new Futurology, new and improved. And I actually need to say at that point that I hate it when I see brands that talk about new and improved, because either something is new or it's improved. But I can justify it, because here at Cliff Central we do things differently. Um, our show has now moved from Tuesday to Monday which means we're in a new time slot. And for all those people that are listening to the show tomorrow at uh, 4 o'clock, you need to check the listing and see that we've moved. Improved, we're now a full hour. So um, thank you, guys. Obviously, um, there's been a lot of good support for the show, and we've moved from 45 minutes to 60. Today, I have an amazing show. Um, I have two guests that are going to be joining us, and... Um, I'm going to start with my first guest now, but as usual, we need to look at the app of the week. And the one that I've come across, which I think picks up off uh, B2 and Candice's discussion last week of security and uh, the, 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 the woes of the Internet and how kids are spending, um, it's called Our Pact. And the idea behind it is to help parents control screen time. So we all have uh, iPads and, and phones and tablets at home, and now that the schools are encouraging the syllabi to be put onto these things. Um, you know, research shows that kids aren't sleeping, they're not being social, uh, family units are breaking down. So what our pack does is it lets you as the parent control when the device actually switches off. So the screen's gone, kids can't do anything and they have a choice. They can sleep or talk to their parents or hopefully do their chores. So check it out. Right, back to my guest today. So I have Jeffrey Mann in with us today. Morning, Jeff. How's it going? Good morning. Doing Good Doing very well. Fantastic. Jeff is the Vice President of Research at Gartner, and he's also the Chair for the Gartner Africa Symposium. Now, for those listeners that don't know what Gartner does, Jeff, can you maybe just give us a quick overview? So Gartner is a global company, and we do consulting and research around IT issues. So generally larger companies, but also mid-sized companies, they contract with, take a subscription more or less with Gartner, and they work with analysts like me, where we write research about trends, about best practices, about things that are going on. And we also hold events like Symposium, where we have three days where we talk about those trends and present many of those best practices. Okay, now we're going to get onto the Symposium, because that's quite exciting but just a question from my side i've read a lot of your white papers and i've i've seen them you know and, and they get shared and there's a lot of uh, opportunities for for people to find information i mean i think when i was on the website i saw 12 or 15000 white papers available uh, for free as a you know to to show the value that gartner does do you or at Gartner, do you actually consult in the physical space as well? I mean, do you have consultants or analysts that go and work hand in hand with companies? We do. That is not that is a an important, but not the largest part of our business. And the consulting we do is somewhat different than what many of the classic consulting. We don't implement. You know, everything we do is around advice. So we talk about how you should do things, what the best practices are. So we do consulting where it is formulating a strategy, um, maybe helping to fix a project that's come uh, that's come unstuck. Um, we don't come in and build things. We don't sell things. Uh, part of the reason for that is that we don't, we want to keep our, our independence and objectivity. So we are not resellers of any of the other technologies. We don't, uh, yeah, we don't, but we don't sell their products anyway. Everything we do is around advice and really around the strategy. That really is our main focus. And I'm glad you used the word strategy because, you know, that seems to be, I, I've said it a few times, you know, if you 
if you don't plan to succeed, you plan to fail. And uh, if you haven't got the, the building blocks right, or if you're aligned to something or a service that uh, might sway you, it's not necessarily the best. So that that is good to hear. So we mentioned the symposium. I mean, the Gartner Symposium IT Expo. Um, this is a global uh, symposium, to my understanding. In fact, it's the world's most important gathering for CIOs and probably senior people, you know, in the in the digital space. Um, the Worldwide uh, symposiums, I'm led to believe, are 24 odd thousand mm. attendees. I mean, that's massive. Yeah, it's a lot of people, and uh, particularly uh, when you go to the, the the biggest one is in Orlando. That's the uh, that's uh, the U.S. one. So there, we get around 10,000 people almost. You know, that's uh, some of those are Gartner people, but uh, you know, that's a very big event. Um, it really is a kind of a traveling roadshow. Um, it's kind of a circus that uh, moves around the world. And I'm pleased that actually Cape Town is the first one. So we kick off with Cape Town. Oh wow! And okay, after, that's cool. Yeah, so it's uh, so that's the the the, the first crack of it comes uh, crack at it comes from, uh, comes in South Africa. After that, there's Orlando, Barcelona, uh, India, Japan, Sao Paulo, Australia, and Dubai. I think I hit them all. Okay, so people can't see, but my eyes are flicking left, right, left, right. Because my question was, do you go west to east or east to west? Because I know you travel. So uh, jet yeah. lag becomes uh, a Gartner thing over the next year yeah. while you do this. Yeah, I don't do them all. I don't think anybody anymore does actually all of them okay. uh, because we've gotten enough of them. Actually, some of them even overlap. So, um, yeah, but they do. They bounce around a lot. All right. And is it the same type of insights that are shared or are there unique things that are specific mm. to each market? There is, uh, I mean, generally what we will do it is we are talking about the global trends and they are pretty consistent around the world is what we find there are two things we do to present it in local markets one is that we will always contextualize it so every presentation we do will be you know some of it is going to be shifting when you're talking about cio trends that's always going to be affected by the local economic situation so we'll be changing it there we try to use we will use local examples and you know uh, coming up with a government example in the u.s and talking about that in australia well it doesn't always make sense because the government structures can be very very different, particularly in industries like healthcare and uh, and education. Uh, the second thing we do is there also is some commission content, some specific content that is done in each location. Uh, so last year, for example, we did a, a hype cycle uh, for Africa, uh, which is looking at many of the trends, the different technologies, and kind of talks about you know, where it is in the cycle of maturity. A second thing that we do specifically in Africa, and right now it's the, uh, we're only doing it here, uh, maybe picked up in some of the other areas later, but right now it's one that originated in Cape Town, we call it the Aspiring Innovators Program. So that is one that really looks for B2B-oriented small African companies uh, to really kind of give them a, a, a chance to be able to present to the symposium office, to uh, audience, uh, to give them a chance to, to really show what they're doing. Okay, now I had that noted down, and that was a question I was going to ask you because I believe this is the second year that we're doing this here in Cape Town. Um, the fact that, that Gartner is so on the pulse with what's going on in global trends, would it be accurate to say that the people that are invited for this honor, and I mean, I just want to clarify that it is a privilege and honor to be able to come and present to, we have what, about 1,200 delegates mm -hmm. down there, mm -hmm. and these are the, the best of the best that South Africa has, or maybe even Africa. Mm -hmm. So um, do you take the research that you've done over the the quarter or six months, whatever it is, and then try and match up these aspiring innovators and give them the stage based on the fact 
that in the audience are probably people looking for solutions. Is, is yeah, that's really the focus. Uh, I, I do want to make sure, though, this isn't like a sort of a idols thing or something. We're not trying to. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not a contest. We don't really pretend. As that. long as you don't have Gareth Cliff as your judge, you don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be in that either on either side of that table. <laughs> so it's you know we we're really looking for interesting examples that would be of interest to our delegates. That's the primary reason for it because the people who come to these events, that's our primary audience that we're looking to do, uh, looking to serve. At the same time, we do want to give a, a bit of a boost. We want to give uh, uh, show some attention to some of those uh, some of those startups. You know, but we don't pretend that these are the very best. Uh, we're also you know there's not and so uh, part of that is also to say that the selection process is very subjective. <laughs> it's basically the ones that I think are going to be interesting mostly. <laughs> of course, there is some criteria. It has to be B two B. You have to have real customers. Has to be based in Africa. There's certain um, uh, have to have uh, there, there are certain revenue limits and things like that. But uh, so aside from that criteria, it really is trying to find a good mix. Uh, so because we can only we can only target six, you know. So we're not going to really uh, uh, really it, we don't really pretend that that's going to be a representative picture of technology, but really just trying to find ones that are interesting because our delegates have been asking for it. Okay, now you say you're going to be targeting down to six. Is it too late for people to submit? Um, or is that in the process at the moment? It's in the process at the moment. I'm, uh, I've gotten about 30 uh, submissions so far. Um, uh, sending an email to aspiringinnovators at gartner.co.za uh, or you can look at the gartner.co.za website. There's information there as well. Uh, that will give you some information about those criteria and really some of the history and what we're looking for. Because this is the second year and we are you know, looking to – it was a, a success. Delegates appreciated it and so did the participants. Uh, so we're looking to take this further. Okay, and I think the most important thing, though, is, you know, please read the terms and conditions and please look at it because, you know, you, you don't want to try and put your first foot into the business world by showing that you can't read the instructions. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing more frustrating. You know, don't waste our time, don't waste your time. But uh, also, you know, when you do make it through, that's quite something. I mean, that, that this is pretty much a pat on the back. Yeah? It is, and it's also a chance to get contact with those 1,200 very senior-level CIOs uh, from across Africa. Of course, we have a strong South African participation, but we also get ones from the re uh, get participants from the de uh, the rest of Africa, Mauritius, Nigeria, Kenya, Botswana. Those are uh, Tunisia. Uh, those are several that I recall meeting with. But uh, I uh, hope I'm not forgetting. Uh, if I'm if I'm forgetting you, that's only because it was a year ago when I was doing those meetings. <laughs> now, I know your, your personal focus is around the digital workforce, and that's something I'm incredibly passionate about. Um, I refer to myself as a mobilist. Um, you know, and again, being in Africa, it is mobile first. You know, we do everything on our phones. Um, what are some of the tipping points in the workforce, and more importantly, what does this space look like in five years from now, in your opinion? Mm -hmm. Well, I think if we take some of the trends that are beginning now, where a lot of the focus is on, I would say not just mobility. I think mobility is certainly a strong focus. But I think if you kind of pull back a little bit and put even the idea of mobility in context, a lot of it is coming around the idea of uh, individual choice, uh, consumerization, uh, to use another word we've been using for a while, that it is really moving away from the type of situation where when you come in, you get a new job 
job, you come in and your boss or someone from IT hands you a Windows laptop and says, this is now your home. <laughs> and everything <laughs> that you need to do is located on this laptop. And if it's not on this laptop, you, you are forbidden to, from using it. Don't even think about using anything else. Now, still, that is the situation still in some organizations, but I think largely it's moving away from that. It's moving to the idea where people make their own choices, you know, if they want to be using Macintoshes, if they want to be using Android. Um, you know, and I think if you take that out even a couple of years from now, that's going to be going further. One of the things, you mentioned mobile first, and certainly that is a, a very common sort of a, of a rallying cry that I see many vendors talking about. But I think it's actually even going to the next step. Um, one of the advice I'm, I've been giving when I talk with organizations planning these digital workplace ideas is to, you know, mobile first is good, but mobile only is better. You know, because, and that is Jeff, really. Jeff, I love you already. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, the, the crucial thing is I, th I find that you should plan for mobile only, that you're only using mobile devices. And here's the key, even if you aren't. Even if you know that people are still going to be using laptops, but if you design around the concept of mobile only, your desktop apps will get better. They're better designed, you know, when they are seen as the accompaniment to a mobile app rather than the other way around. That, you know, I've been, I feel a bit like Don Quixote because I've been walking around doing that, you know, saying, guys, start with mobile and the rest will come. Push it through to the cloud or the servers and whatever you need to do. You break that, that chain to the big building. Um, but on that note, I mean, the key challenges that we face in business here in Africa is connectivity. You know, I remember sitting in, I think it was at Google last year at, at uh, the campus, which, let's be honest, I mean, the speed of connectivity there has got to be one of the best in Johannesburg at that time. And uh, they had one of the chaps here from Mountain View doing a whole Google for Business presentation, and it crashed. You know, he lost connection. And we, I mean, we laughed, but in hindsight, it's the reality of South Africa is that we can't move to the cloud. We can't move to this total mobile environment yet. I know it's coming. I mean, we're seeing the roads being dug up everywhere. Um, the fiber's being laid. The networks are getting stronger. But, you know, if you look at, and I know you work in all the markets, but if you look at um, a first world market, and I really hate using that world because we are a global village. But if you take somewhere like Europe or the States or Australia, where connectivity is not actually an issue versus Africa and obviously South Africa because we're based here. How do you see this happening? How, how long is it going to take us here in Africa to catch up with the rest of the world? Well, I would want to put it in a bit of perspective, and I'm very conscious about, you know, I've, I've been coming to South Africa for about 15 years, and I'm very conscious of I don't want to come and tell you about how things are here. I, I mean, I, I, I come here regularly, but, uh, but but one thing that I've seen, even in the 15 years that I've been coming here, is how much better it has gotten. <laughs> agreed. And, no, no, agreed. Absolutely. I remember just a little incident, we a little anecdote we had around Symposium. It was a couple years ago. At the time when, uh, you know, when it was still quite common to have capped uh, broadband <laughs> uh, 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 licenses or broadband uh, subscription one of the things we wanted to do, we eventually we'd, we weren't able to get the rights. But at that time, the most viral YouTube video was Battle at Kruger. You may recall that. That went around and it was a, it was a lions attacking a wildebeest and then the yep. wildebeest rallied and then there were crocodiles and alligators. It, it was a marvelous video. But the thing is, everyone was talking about it except the South Africans. Because nobody could afford the bandwidth. You know, <laughs> I mentioned it on stage, and somebody else came up angrily and said, "Ah, I just used my entire monthly <laughs> allocation on watching that video." Yes, it was amazing, but yep. you know, and that was not very long ago. Well, uh, you're right. There was a, there was a. I don't know if they're still around. I think it was called Africam or something like that, where mm -hmm. they used to have cameras set up 
uh, around the drinking holes. Hmm. And every time a cheetah or a lion or something would come, I mean, people would stop and look at their screens, but not people in South Africa. Mm -hmm. We couldn't afford the bandwidth. So, yes, we have come there, and I agree. And I'm not bashing anything, and it's something we've accepted and worked around. Um, I mean, even the Cliff Central app, if you look at how small the data consumption is to pull down the file afterwards, and you have the choice between low and medium So we do work around it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just... I think in order for the rest of the world to really do business with us, we need to be at the same speeds as them. It's a kind of like you need to adapt to us. We don't need to adapt to you mentality. Mm. And that's something we we have as a challenge here. And I've seen that now also from my travels. You know, it's like, oh, but I don't know if I can send you the file. It's two gigs. Mm. You know, you can. It's not all of us. It's certain <laughs> yeah, areas. Yeah. So that's the education process I think that has to be taken away from this as well. Well, I think also if I can see the way I think it may be uh, getting, uh, also developing right now, the risk is, of course, that when you're in, you know, when you're in areas like Santon or, you know, that's not a problem. Correct. You know, you know, you know that that's not going to be a problem. And the very big difference that there is, you don't have to go very far before you start seeing very differences. But that also is really starting to unleash ingenuity. That's some of the things that I'm seeing in some of the inspiring innovators' um, uh, submissions. Now, they often don't get chosen because we are looking for B2B and not necessarily the B2C. We're the business to consumer. That's not really our focus. Uh, but when you see say, people doing things like mesh networks, you know, where yep. or other kinds of things where you can buy for a few rand, you can buy some connectivity which is shared off of a uh, off of some other kind of connection. You know, uh, I think that it is uh, so as well as being a handicap in some ways, it's also going to unleash ingenuity. Oh, that's great. I mean, at least and, and that's something that we need to do. So if you're seeing it, it means it's happening, which is awesome. As a closing comment. Um, yeah, I've been in the agency world for many years, and you know we used to have the above the line, below the line, through the line, full service. Probably as many as three, four years ago, you, you know, people using the terminology full service agency, but they didn't do digital. And then you had your digital agencies, and I've worked in some of the biggest digital agencies in the world. Now we're seeing a full service agency has to have digital. In fact, are leading out with digital. We're seeing digital first, and the rest follows. So the campaigns are better, the delivery's better. Now. If you choose to plead the fifth, and being an American, you're entitled to, (laughs) do you see the CMO position actually disappearing and the CIO taking over? Because, you know, to break it down, and and for those that don't know, which I I find surprising, but chief marketing officer, chief um, information officer, our information is digital. Our communications are digital. Everything that we do is digital. So surely the CIO should maybe just have a marketing person that deals with agency for the creative and then he or she takes a decision or am I going to have a couple of crosshairs put on both of us? Well, I think that that's a, a potential direction you know, that some organizations are going to go with. And I always find it kind of difficult to say which way is it going? Is it this or this? Well, usually the answer is yes. <laughs> some organizations are going to go that way. You know, we're also seeing the emergence of a chief digital officer. Many organizations are looking for that because one of the risks, I think, of, of also, one of the risks potentially of kind of folding the CMO in with the CIO or the other way around um, is that you know certainly marketing is one of the first destinations of a digital journey, uh, to put it in a pretentious way. Uh, <laughs> I think that it is for certainly one of the first areas that people look at. But one of the things we're finding is that digital really is much more pervasive. That digital also, it pertains to how you develop products, uh, how you're interacting with customers, certainly. How you're interacting with customer, with uh, sorry, with employees. That's why we talk about the digital workplace, which is to kind of see that as the in- inward-facing uh, counterpart to digital business. So you don't want to al- al- align it only with marketing, you know, okay. because then it's 
it's just seen as, oh, we need a nifty app or, oh, we need to be on social media. Okay, yes, you probably do. Yes, you need to do that. But it also has to do with how you're evaluating employees, you know, what sort of rating system you're giving them. It also has to do with how you're dealing with suppliers. Uh, how are you exchanging information? Uh, what sort of uh, uh, what sort of relationship and what sort of interactions do you have with your suppliers and your partners? So the digital transformation really really does go across the board. Um, so we don't want to put only focus on marketing, even though that is often is a good place to start. So the CDO is a position that we're going to mm-hmm. probably start to see filtering through now. Mm-hmm. We definitely have. It's already started. Fantastic. Um, just to wrap up, Jeff, um, tell us quickly on the symposium. How do we find out more information, the dates, where do we book, how do we get tickets? That's uh, gartner.co.za uh, is the best place to go. It's held 26 to 28 September in the CTICC in Cape Town. Okay, fantastic. It's, well, for everyone else that's not in Cape Town, it's a great excuse to get down there. I mean, September is also a nice time of the year, so you really did time it well. <laughs> And uh, thank you very much. Thanks for coming through. Thank you. This is always fun. Excellent. This is cliffcentral.com. Right. So that was uh, a great chat with Jeff. And uh, now I have my favorite other Brett in the, in the studio with me. Hello, B2. Hey, B1. So glad to have you back, guys. I'm so glad to be back after nearly not coming back. Yeah, well, how's the cyclone weather down that side? Oh, man, it was just a little uh, Category 5. Yes. Nothing to worry about. Uh, Blow your hair back. people. I mean, you know. Jeez, bro. No, it was awesome. You know how to pick your holidays, bro. Yeah. It's cheaper. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned That's why your data was so sure. cheap, because you were the only one on it. <laughs> Everybody else got sensed and evacuated the, the, that little rock down there. Everyone else had bailed. <laughs> Um, and of course, we, it wouldn't be a show if we didn't have a guest with us. So we have two guests with us and, uh, keeping in the theme of travel, we have John Hulo here with us who's literally just got back to South Africa. How's it, John? Brett, how are you? Good and you, thanks. I'm thanks. Good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hi. <laughs> um, John, where did you just get back from? So I just spent an amazing week in Barcelona. It's something. You. Oh, I know it was awesome. I hate you. Mm. Except for the cold weather. Um, I'm nursing a bit of a, a bit of a head cold no, now. So. That, eh? That's the economy class uh, cold, it sounds um, like. Unfortunately, but um, well worth it for the experience that, that we actually had. Um, and we're going to be talking about Mobile World Congress 2016. Awesome. So what you're basically doing is saying, this is what you missed, Brett, but I'll tell you all about it. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> the word FOMO comes to mind. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. I think, you know, we sitting in the room know what Mobile World Congress. I refer to it as my mecca. I mean, it's the pilgrimage that pretty much anyone in, in the mobile space makes every year, if they can. I believe you lost your virginity this year. Well done. <laughs> Welcome to the family. I hope it was good, and I hope it lasted long. No, absolutely. <laughs> Even had a little cuddle afterwards as well. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, or tell the listeners, what is MWC? Well, it really is the epicenter of the mobile world. If The best way to liken it would be what the CES in the States is for electronics. Right. What the Detroit Motor Show is for the motor industry. Do they still make cars in they Detroit? Still, they still do. Cool. They still do. <laughs> is what Mobile World Congress is to, to the mobile industry. Um, been going for many years. Um, been going in Barcelona for the, the last 10 years. Um, it, it is really the epicenter of, now, of just the to mobile stop world. You there, something you wouldn't know. It normally moves. It actually moves around every, I think it's three years. But because Barcelona has done such an incredible job, they actually have agreed to keep it there. And I mean, you've seen that place firsthand. Yeah, it's absolutely which well is great news. So it's, yeah. it, it's, it's beautiful. For anyone who hasn't been to Barcelona, the best way you can really describe it is 
It's like going to Cape Town. It's like the Cape Town of Spain. Very cosmopolitan, very relaxed, but beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And they actually do work there as they well. They actually do a little bit of work. Um, so let's just give you a little bit of scale of what, what cool. Mobile World Congress is. I mean, you've got over 100,000 attendees that, that arrived this year. Over 204 countries were actually represented at, at the event. Over, over 3,600 media um, members of press that were covering the, the show itself. Over 2,200 companies that were represented at the show this year, which, which is absolutely That's epic. Um, over 40 countries themselves had stands. I mean, two of the stands that I saw was the, the Spain stand and the, the, the Israel stand, giving the little guy in the company can't afford to have a big stand at, at MWC, the opportunity to showcase his, his products and services. Over 370 speakers Jeez, at, at the actual event. Yeah. I mean, you've you got the likes of Mark Zuckerberg rocking up. I know, saw that. On the I Samsung mean, yeah, launch. Hey. Samsung VR launch. Yeah, tell, I, mean, I think tell everyone about that that didn't see it. I, I, were you there? Did no, you actually I, experience? Okay. I didn't. And I mean, just even the, the after effect of it, the of people talking about the experience, everyone's got their gear on and Mark is walking and suddenly he's on the stage. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm absolutely brilliant. Um, but I think also the big thing is, is anyone who's been to Mobile World Congress, it hmm. is a... It is a very male-dominated industry, um, and this year was the first year that over 20% of the, the the participants or the the people that attended were were females, sure, that's which a lot, which, eh? which is good to see. Which, yeah. And it's because of the the G GSMA's programs to to really connect women into into the mobile industry. It is about time. I mean, I know with radio, uh, I spent quite a bit of time involved with radio a few years back, and you know they used to have like the Women of Radio Award and so on. I mean, they were also trying to get a little bit more mm. of a gender equality. And as you say, mobile's been very male. Yeah. So that 20%, is, that's a good start. No, ab absolutely brilliant. So, I mean, to, to go to the event, I mean, you, when you arrive, I think the whole experience of MWC is when you arrive at the airport, mm. you register at the airport. I mean, that's where your experience wow. starts. You literally bags in tow, you get your registration, you get your tickets, you get your, your access cards, and, and off you go. Um, that's awesome. You get there. I mean, you, you get there, you've got a brilliant public transport system. Um, You've yeah. got the, the metro, you've got taxis, you've got the buses. Um, quite interesting enough this week, it was um, a lot of strike action actually happening in Barcelona. That's got to put us So it was, it, it, I mean, when I picture them, when you're leaving and thousands of people are leaving, it's like leaving a sporting event. Mm. And all the Catalonians are saying, uh, no, I'm not working today. Exactly. Um, to, once you actually get into the event itself, you, it'll t it's eight halls, if I remember correctly. It takes you about half an hour. If you, if you don't stop and you're just walking, you're not looking, it takes you about half an hour to get from one side of the conference center to the other. Okay, so I gotta ask you, being a digital person, did you have your phone on monitor or a Fitbit or something that was tracking your walking? <laughs> I did. Did you? No, I did. Okay. So, actually, I'd, I pulled my stats yesterday. Actually. Yeah. Throw some more numbers at this one. Oh, this is ridiculous. Watch. Okay. You can't believe the size of this place. Total. Total steps taken in the week I was in Barcelona, 110,000 steps. Bing. Over, <laughs> uh, over 90,000, uh, no, over 90 kilometers of walking. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, I, I was averaging something like 16, 17,000 steps a day. It's made us. I'm going to stop you there. If anyone's listening uh, and you've managed to realize that we've moved from tomorrow to today, our number is 0861 or get us on Twitter at clefcentral.com or Facebook, WeChat, send a message and uh, yeah, ask us some questions if you've got any interest on, on MWC. And don't forget the hashtag Futurology. 
Futurology. So, John, we've crashed the stats, okay? But I have more stats. I'm sorry, Brett. I know you have a great question, and I'm dying to hear it. But the you thing know, that go I away noticed, for two weeks, yeah, and but all of a sudden, it's just like okay. co shut up, B one, go for it. <laughs> so, the thing that I noticed the most, yeah, come, let's go. Come, let's go. The um, the thing that I noticed the most about this MWC, from what I've seen on all the highlights and all the things that I missed out on, was it's literally everybody's bringing out the next model. There's a, the new G5, there's the M10s, there's the Samsung S5s and stuff. Is are people are these big brands just releasing new products to sort of store time, or is there actual real features being involved introduced? So I think everyone's going to have a different perspective. Yeah. Um, if I look at the S7, the G5, um, really were the two big handsets that I saw from, yeah. from Samsung and LG at the actual event. Both devices are magnificent devices in their own respect, obviously powered by, by Android. Is For me, the, the incremental gain Brett of, Sinclair would love you at this moment in time. That's just that, that <laughs> positive thing that you gave there for Android, but yes. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but if you look at how the handsets are evolving... In my in my view, and I'm happy yeah. to to have a debate That's what it's about, all about this, is I'm finding that four or five years ago the incremental jumps in models, you there were significant feature yeah. changes. Now it's becoming smaller and smaller. It's so hard now to to split the devices. If you're a consumer, you're really driven by brand now. Yeah. And if you look at the 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 alliances, for example, Samsung with the with the Gear VR and Facebook and Oculus Rift. Those are the sort of things that I'm thinking are bringing customers closer yeah. to the brands. And that's so what's it's differentiating th- it's, it's the things around the device that are starting to happen. And I think that's it's always if if I, I come from a content background, a yeah. mobile content background, for us, the, the, the mobile device has always been an enabling device. Yes. But it's the stuff that you can do with your device that defines how a customer is and how a customer will use the device. Um, for me, that's, what, that's what's going to be the big change. I, th- I still feel that... You know, you there, there are still further improvements. I think the the battery space is going to be the next big one. Actually, sure. um, they have to do something. They yeah, have I mean, to we're be. living on these devices. Well, LG did a great thing with the G5, where they've got that sort of always-on feature, where mm. you've got your apparently they've got the you always look at your uh, your clock, and they reckon that the average person looks at their phone about 150 times in a day, right? And most of the times to see the time. Yeah, uh, I don't even wear a watch anymore. Well, no one does. That's yeah. the watch industry. So they reckon to. they've made this always-on feature now where the, the, the clock's always on and it uses 0.8% yeah. of the battery every hour. I mean, so they're, they're working on it. Absolutely. I think it, it was always interesting for me. You go to all these stands and every stand has a little gimmicky thing that yeah. they'll give to you. Be it a stress ball. I've got <laughs> a few. Did you come back with a... Did you come back came with, with a... Yeah. I came back with kits. I had a little... Even a, even a little green ninja turtle. Yeah, the little figurine was. Uh, I was. I was given at one of the events. Um, battery packs were very popular. That's awesome. Now, cool. It's an intermediate stopgap. Yeah. For a bigger problem, how do you people um, get more power for their phones, and how do yeah. phones store more power? I think that's going to be a. If you look into the future, that's going to be big. So coming out, handsets were big this year. Yeah. As they always are, big stands. Then you could look at other things that were happening. Things like. Um, Internet of Things. Okay, what? so that's what I wanted to get to. Yeah, is basically, you know, the, the the predictions or the outcomes was Internet of Things, virtual reality, connected cars. So you've you've just started on it. You know, so yeah, Ford I mean, had a stand at at the event. This is Mobile World Congress. Yet Ford had a stand. Um, I think that's just a sign of of things to come. Intel on their stand had a connected BMX. 
So the BMX itself w- was sending what? that telemetry information, <laughs> data information, uh, back to it. One of the other really cool things from Intel was a connected drone. So they had this drone outside in that sort of like a little like big yeah, net yeah. and the yeah, guys yeah. are controlling. It was connected real time, sending data back to Chicago and sending it back to the to the conference and processing the data coming straight off the off the off the drone with with very little latency. That's amazing. Eh? Processing the data. And I think that was the 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 big thing that's, that that came out is the ability to be able to process large amounts of data that is now being created by people wearing their devices, people consuming on their devices. Another big thing that came out from a it ultimately is a is a mobile trade show. Sure. So you'll have your big vendors. Your likes Did of you your notice the one that was missing? I mean, you spent uh, a week there. Did you notice? Was Apple missing? There we go. Apple's always missing. But that's but it's, it's interesting though. But You're just do, saying this is the do mobile. They ever, do no. they ever? Do they need to be there? No. And yeah. that's why. I mean, I know you got to have cold and CES. Android. No, but they don't need they to. Don't be. Need that's to. what's so amazing about that brand. But anyway, so let's go back to the brands. So, <laughs> from from a vendor perspective, you'll have the likes of Ericsson and Huawei, which maybe your consumers might not know. Yeah. Um, are, are the equipment vendors that are driving mobile networks. They provide the towers and the infrastructure yep. that mobile operators use to, to deploy their networks. L- almost like little cities. Yep. Um, we're talking, I think Ericsson's stand was something stupid like 50 meters by 70 meters, if not it's bigger. It's like a rugby field. No, it's massive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> showcasing what, what they're doing. Um, how away were they? Nokia. Nokia had a massive stand. Now, that's an interesting one because last year when I was there, Nokia did have a massive stand, but back then, Windows Phone was still, you know, the whole thing had happened and made sense for them to be there. Now, over the last year, Windows or Microsoft, rather, and Nokia have split, and now mm-hmm. Nokia's gone to China or something, or they've got new backers. So, what does the new face of Nokia well, look like? Well, you've always got to remember, Nokia had a few sides of their business. Right. They had, the, hand, they had yeah, yeah. the handset side, which is what they offloaded to Microsoft, but they always had their partnership with what was called Nokia Siemens Networks, yes, which okay. is the infrastructure mm-hmm. side. And... I think it was. I think they're now under, and I stand under correction, just under Nokia now. Yeah, I think they have. Yeah. It's just Nokia. They were focusing on their technology set. And um, when I thought they had a, a TV screen, I kid you not when I say this, it's probably 50 meters long and about five meters high. Showcasing. It's like the one in your house, Brett. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On the, the ceiling. The one yeah. in the second room, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely massive. And I think everyone's got this view on, you know, Nokia is not, is not relevant anymore. Maybe not relevant from a consumer perspective, from their device side. And I still think... Nokia's are, if you look at emerging market spreads, I think this is the other thing. If you, if you look at this sort of show, it's always focused on, on developed market, not necessarily the emerging market. Mm. Um, Nokia is still relevant, but they are still a company that's still operating. And 100%. Massive love, stand there. I mean, I spent time working on the Nokia brand yeah. and I, I developed a, a, a love and respect for it. Mm. Um, I just think they made some stupid, stupid moves over the years, you know, but, um, I think we, we could all agree that. <laughs> If we were just having chats about, about batteries a few minutes ago. Their if we could all. It was awesome, huh? There was nothing. Best way to describe it, I think it was the Nokia 3310 was yes. the Chuck Norris Woo-hoo! of phones. Snakes, man. <laughs> exactly. You can get it now the app store. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine still going a week without having to charge your phone. I mean, yeah. we, we wish for those sort of things this, yeah. in this day and age. Anyway. Sony, are, Sony are rocking a two day battery at the moment. Yeah, but, you know, again, it's all about this with moderate use. They, they have to yeah. add a provisio. Was there anyone there talking about batteries? Because Brett mentioned it just now as well. You know, the bottom line is you can make the best damn handset tablet thing, whatever you want to call it. If it doesn't last two days, it's not oh. really worthwhile. Yeah. Because if you tr- look at your trip now, you left yesterday. 
on their time. Well, it's only it's the same time zone. One yeah, hour. Hour, hour but behind. by the time you left your hotel, okay, went to the airport, checked in, went through the lounge, blah 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 blah, flew, delayed, etc. Got here, got in your car, your phone's fried. Yeah, absolutely. So that's always when you need it the most. Correct. So. That to me, they've got to get this right, yeah. and I mean they must be able to get it right. Uh, I saw a really interesting meme, uh, actually just before I got into the show now on Facebook. Was it Ali G about uh, Leo? Oh, sorry, did I do that again? <laughs> yeah, you did that again, <laughs> and I think you've got a whole bunch of irritated listeners now. Um, if I managed my bank account like I manage my cell phone's battery, I'd be rich. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Exactly. And I think it just really sums it up. I think for me, that's where the, the future is. How uh, how we can look at that. So. Big thing was virtual reality came out again as well. Obviously, we spoke a little earlier about Samsung and Facebook and and, Oc- mm. and Oculus Rift. Um, Samsung had like forty seats in a virtual reality moving around on their stand. That's cool. The Oculus Rift and people are going crazy. SK Telecom, I think, is a mobile yeah, operator yeah. out of, of Korea. No, is it, it France? SK? Oh. I don't know. Anyway, had a submarine. Okay, big yellow submarine. With you go into the submarine and had the, the the virtual reality gear, and you had a full experience of a submarine. If it was awesome. Korea, well, we all live a the submarine. Queue, the queue was around the corner. Yeah, no, you know, crazy. I think that was a, a a big thing people are going. But I I still feel, and this is again my own opinion. I'm always open to a debate about this. Having something so big around your face, it's cool, but it's it's bulky. It's like. I love I love VR and I, I think VR's got a huge way to go in the future and I'm excited to see where it's gonna go. But looking at the picture that they've got on, on the Mobile World Congress website, it kind of feels like you're the sober guy at a drunk party where everybody's like fully like if you don't have VR in your head, what kind of it kind of seems a bit lame. So like that's like Google Glass. No, but this when those glass holes came out, you know the glass holes. The glass holes. <laughs> no, don't be a glass hole now. Everyone's walking around with their glass on. Ooh, I got one. You don't. <laughs> now, um, but the thing is, we're always going for like engagement. We're going for like mm. crowdsource and this whole shared experience. Um, VR kind of closes that off a little bit. So with the the Samsung VR and stuff, mm. how attainable is it for the the man on the street? Can to actually I jump go in there? Yes. I wasn't even at the show. This is what impressed me. Alcatel. Okay, there's a brand that was here many years ago. Big stand as well. Big stand. Yeah. Many years ago they were here. You got the phone free if you got a contract. Then they disappeared. They've come back with a vengeance. And what they've done, to answer your question, B2, the packaging that this phone comes in turns into into cardboard. (laughs) So now you can get into VR, entry level, it's cardboard, with the device in a box, ready to go. So we went to an event, myself and and Andrew Andrew McHenry. Uh, on the Monday evening, the, the I wouldn't tell too many people that you were at the event with Andy. <laughs> well, at least he's Love better. Andrew. Is good. <laughs> um, the Mobile Entertainment Forum, the MEF, and the MEF. Yeah. One of the the giveaways was a cardboard VR device. So literally, it's a piece of cardboard. Yeah. You slip slip your your smartphone in, and you've got the 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 VR experience without the price tag of a Samsung. Well, that's um, the thing, and I think once people start to, and and if I was Samsung and Oculus. I wouldn't be worried about that because what happens is it's like you want better. You know, you get that normal mm. flat screen, then you move to curve. Mm. If you can start a VR experience with a good app on cardboard, mm-hmm. and you go, wow. And then someone puts a, a Samsung gear in your hand or an Oculus. You can appreciate it. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's fantastic well, that they do Well, last that. week we were talking about uh, online shopping, e-commerce and stuff. And um, Candice and I were having this discussion. Is, do people like things or do people like experiences? 
and it's it's sort of that that trade off between like a good story or just a really mm. great action movie as well. It's like what are, what are people after? And I think when you see people these brands just bring out another device, not not like a feature rich device, just another device, yeah. it becomes more about the experience than it does about the thing. Yeah, I need to ask Google. Okay, so last year Google owned. MWC. They gave these little badges, these little pins, and you had to go around to all the stands to collect them. The they did it again. Dude. They, did, they, they had a whole outside. Yeah. I mean, they were they in the middle of the stand. Yeah. They were scattered all over the place. Giant Android guys. Yeah. Massive. I mean, Google's just a powerful brand when it comes to it. The eminence that they, they create is absolutely brilliant. And they did that gamification again when they had the little badges and you had to go collect. For me, you get to understand the Google, the, the behemoth that is... By, by virtue well, you of you can touch of it because you can't touch it otherwise. So there you, you see it. You know, that's the the big. I'm just just moving away from Google just for for one minute. The big thing that still worries me about a conference like this is we're in we're we're in South Africa. We're in Africa. Um, I know from my own experiences. We we and Brett. I know this comes from from your experiences as well. We've worked in emerging markets. Yeah. Worked in the African continent. We, I still don't see the influence of what is going to be done to solve telephony. Yeah. In, in the continent. Mm. Like, we've always spoken about was, so far was, 10,000, 12,000 Rand smartphones. Really cool gear. Yeah. That sits yeah. on your face and gives you a really cool VR experience. Where's How, the mass? Where's the mass when mm. it comes to this? And so, for me, that was, that was lacking for me in certain respects from the conference. You had your mobile money and, and that sort of thing. But, there wasn't a play on how can you get the 850 million active SIM cards in Africa, and that's how many they are. Yeah. Mm. How can you get them talking, engaging more on? So on this the, was this was more the mobile first world congress than it was the. Uh, sadly, uh, unfortunately, that's that that's my big takeaway. Mm. Obviously, you'll get your regional events. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not the sexy part of the business, and for me, that's a bit it's a bit sad. I think yeah. there needs to be a bigger focus on what is going on in the on the in the emerging markets at that global level. Um, Facebook obviously talked about the Facebook.org experience and trying to connect the unconnected, but yeah, it's it's not as publicized. One thing as to say, it's one thing to say it and talk about it, but exactly. like you've got to. But I've got a I've got a spin on that. Okay, yeah. so if you if you think, I mean, one of the other things that came out of MWC was five G. You said yeah. it yourself. Mm, okay. Yeah. And my response to that was, we're not ready for 5G. Um, we're not ready for 4G, know? let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be nice, but you brought it out there. So we're not ready for 4G. We're not an LTE continent, okay? Surely if these companies focus on things like 5G and new in that, then it makes the technology more affordable for the emerging market, which brings us up to speed a lot quicker. Yeah. Or is that is that a naive look at it? No, it's... It's it's quite interesting. You, you'll find a lot of mobile operators um, across Sub-Saharan Africa that will jump technologies. So you'll find some operators might go from 2G to 4G and skip 3G right. because it's it's from a capex perspective, it's a it's a lot easier for them to 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 launch it to the network. Plus, they've got a little bit of a branding um, eminence around around the brand as well. But the problem still has you still need a device. The customer can actually utilize yeah. the the device. Now the next challenge, Brett. Is you've got the device in your hand. You've spent your fifty dollars on your fifty dollars smartphone. Yeah, the fuel that actually runs the phone, the data cost becomes the prohibitive fa- factor now. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say, and I think you know, in the defence, I mean, B two, you said yeah, you know, it's a mobile world congress for first world, mm. but here is the reality, and and here's a point: Firefox tried to address the issues here. They yeah. came out with Firefox OS. Mm. They got on a plane. They flew here to see the networks. 
The networks didn't take the phone. The phone never saw the light of day. That was a device that would have been low on data because Firefox runs very light. Mm. Um, Opera have tried many times to also make mm. that the default. So, you know, the companies, you got to look at it from the company's point of view as well. Uh, they're going, okay, so we tried because they want action out of the 850 mm. million SIM cards. But one, people can't afford the data. So what do you do for them? And then two, the operators don't support the technology either. So it's like a... So I'm going to throw, I'm going to be a bit controversial now. Go for yeah. it. So that, this is uh, what we like. Awesome. I mean, this is Cliff Central. So th- th- let's, let's think about it this way. Okay, so mobile operators, let's, let's take us in South African context. Mobile operators, we got, we do have fast networks here. We've got our LT networks. In Santin and Rosebank. If signal <laughs> coverage is good. Um, but let's say you get your three gig or five gig package on your LTE mm. device and you start consuming. I mean, ultimately you want LTE because you want low latency, you want high throughput so you can consume rich data. But you are, you can only consume certain amounts of content yeah. before that goes. And it goes so quickly. Yeah. What happens? What happens then? Yeah. That's the first thing. The second thing is you got to, we all love TV shows. We've obviously got Netflix that's launched here. You've got DSTV now with their, with their brilliant streaming service. But if you're downloading quicker than you consume, what's the point? You yeah. can only consume so, so yeah. much data before you know you, you, you jump over. It's a so trade-off between bandwidth and actual data. 100%. Yeah. And, and your ability to consume that data. Yeah, you yeah. still need to actually consume it. Now, if you go dial all the way back to emerging markets, you're in, in many markets, your, your average consumption for data is probably a couple hundred, 400 megs a month. Mm. But that's spread across from the top end right down to the bottom end. Um, there are some markets where the most popular bundles, data bundles, are the 10 meg, 50 meg, 100 meg bundles mm. because it's for small devices, entry-level Android phones, not necessarily going to consume large amounts of data, but because customers are so price sensitive, yeah. they're managing their spend more so than anywhere else. Yeah. And they'll go from these little bits and pieces. That where Brett, I'm sure you, you're on a contract. Brett, I'm sure you're on yeah. a contract. I oh, know I'm on a contract. We're not price sensitive. We get yeah. a bill at the end of the month. It can vary. In emerging Wait markets. Do you see your bill now from Barcelona? Yeah, no, it's not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to put that through the accountants. I don't think they're going to be too happy with me. But, you know, we, we, we are, we are not price sensitive. No. If you're dealing with emerging markets, these customers are so price sensitive. They're yeah. waiting. They're waiting. For, for when the next best offer is going to be. When is the affordable offer that they can get the most from their telephony services? Again, it was a theme that I didn't see coming yeah. out of MWC, and I'm a bit worried about that. If you look at the investment now that's happening in the telecom space across the African continent, you've got the likes of Orange, which is mm. under France Telecom, one mm. of their brands, investing heavily again into the continent. They've, bought just, they've recently bought two mobile operators from Airtel. Um, Vodafone has made a big investment here. Obviously, MTN has had an established investment here. Airtel's yeah. got a big investment here. Um, are they catering to the needs of their customers? I think in some cases they are. Yeah. Um, there is an investment here because they can see it to be a, a market that they need to address. Well, and, sorry to interrupt, but I know on Mauritius, uh, they've got uh, Orange. Mm. Mauritius have got uh, their own IPTV. So they're actually enabling people not just with connectivity and bandwidth, mm. but they're actually providing the content for for them to engage with as well. So they can subsidize that to an extent. But in Mauritius, which is expats, yeah. financial yeah. services, we've got the ability to consume that yes, data. Yeah, true. So it's it's all about how you how we address that market. So again, like I said, it was something that I felt wasn't there at MWC, but I think for me, 
MWC is about the sexiness is about the sexiness yeah. of the industry and what news what n- new things are, are are going to be coming out. Another thing that we we touched on and unfortunately I didn't see it, but I know a couple of my colleagues did go see it. Was the future? What's going to be years happening from now. four years from four now? Four years from now. Yeah. Uh, and the and the key takeaway coming out of that was the amount of young startups. Mm. I think it's quite a craze now. You know, we've got the likes of your Facebook and that have really popularized the the startup movement. The, the amount of young guys doing really cool things built yeah. around utility. Yeah. So how can we solve basic problems exactly. around health, education, yeah. all those sort of things? Well, I'm on the website now for four, four years from now, and it's amazing the partners, the diversity of the partners that are here. I mean, you've got things from your banks to your cars to your coffee things to Adobe are on there as well now. So they're from a content perspective, they're getting involved in what can we do to, to make this more affordable or available. And Australia, I mean, Australia Dam getting involved in four years from now in digital space. Does beer need to be more things? And you've got an app coming up maybe next week that we can talk about. Yep. The 40-minute beer rush. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I've been to four years from now, and um, I actually went as press. I went last year as, as uh, on a press pass there. And so that afforded me the opportunity to actually speak to these guys, like sit down with them and and really get into their mindsets. I mean, they're next level. They really are four years from now. And I think what Africa and India and any other emerging market needs to do, they need to follow these guys. Yeah. So if they can actually start showing an output from here, then the big guys are going to look back and say, hold on a second, how do we make that a reality for Mm. everyone? I think that's where we're going to come. Now, we're going to wrap up soon, but I need to know, Internet of Things. Yeah. What, I mean, give me the big thing. What was the thing that when you left and you went, when I saw it? For me, it's, and I think this is a theme that's been around for a couple of years, but it's becoming more prevalent now, is the consumption of data coming out of you. Things are being used. So you've got your car, you're driving around, your data that is being generated. How is that data being used? How is it being processed? How's it coming back to you? So in a big meaningful data. I mean, it's big data. It's big data, but it's the applica- I think for me, it's the application of big data. I think big data is a very popular term that a lot of people throw around very haphazardly. But what is big data? Yeah. And for me, big data is not the collection of the data. It's the insights that come out of the data yeah. that allows someone to make a, a different decision, yeah. a better improved decision, or provide information that makes their lives better. And getting an idea of where real trends are going. 100%. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the, the, the coming out of the, the connected space, is when is the, 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 the end path? When is the data coming back? And well, can I use it? You know, using that, and we have uh, B2, the philosopher here, so I'm going to mm-hmm. actually put you on the spot unless oh, you planned it. And yep. give me your your closing comment for uh, for, for the, future the future and mobile. Yeah, crikey. Well, I mean, the crikey. nice thing the nice thing about it, um, <laughs> crikey, mate. Um, the nice thing about it, I think the diversity is what the thing that's really going to carry the future. I think the fact that there are so many new industries jumping on board this mm. mobility and the the ubiquitous nature of what digital can provide. The fact that that's happening means that we're going to see great things happening in all spaces and pretty quickly as well. Awesome. All right. So, guys, thank you. Thanks, John. And remember, until next time, yeah. thank you. keep your screens clean and your knob shiny. This is CliffCentral.com.